Thank you for tuning in for the Push Through Podcast. I'm your host, Keisha Reeves. I'm a licensed professional counselor here in Atlanta, Georgia, with a private practice where I specialize in maternal mental health as well as women. With the podcast, we'll be talking all things womanhood, motherhood, and a few things sprinkled in in between. So sit back, relax, and enjoy a quick chat with me. And don't they let me when I hey guys welcome to another episode of the push through podcast um life's crazy okay so This is probably going to go out tomorrow, which is Friday, and I know I usually drop my episodes on Wednesday, Um, but this week's been crazy, but despite um, the busyness of it all, I was able to accomplish a lot and get really caught up. It's, It's so interesting how whenever I have time off from work, I have so much work to catch up on whenever I come back, and it takes me like a week or two to get it back into place, but, um, things are going in motion. Um, uh, the box went on sale on Monday. I told you guys about it. So, um, it was like me getting adjusted to that purchases for that, getting those out. Cause a lot of people are trying to get their boxes by mother's day. So that's super cool. Been busy with that, with the practice. Um, and something else that I, I talk about, quite often is the fact that I'm on, I'm on the board for Postpartum Support International. And I told you guys that I was doing that fundraiser and I had the training committee. And with the training committee, it is where we facilitate trainings to different providers. So that's uh, midwifery agencies, doula agencies, um, OBGYN offices, or just any other place where women that are mothers come in contact, Um, like a pediatrician's office, a chiropractor who does work with mothers and babies, or a prenatal yoga instructor, lactation consultant, things of that nature. And with the trainings, we teach those providers how to screen using the Edinburgh or the PHQ-9 Um, screening tools on how to screen mothers who possibly may have PMADS. And we teach them to universally screen because a lot of people don't feel comfortable just, you know, being outward about their symptoms or their emotions and what they're going through. And um, it's best that if we screen everybody, then no one can fall through the cracks. And then also teaching them how to have that bedside manner, how to have those conversations with moms so that they can feel comfortable enough to be vulnerable and honest in their answers. Because some may know to not put their honest answer on a sheet that they get at their six-week checkup because they may not want to have that conversation. They may not want to um, be looked at a certain way and there's shame associated with it. So also teaching them how to have those conversations, how to normalize it and make a mother feel supported and not isolated and what they're experiencing. And we also teach them how to refer because there's a lot of providers, believe it or not, that choose not to screen mothers at all 
because they feel as if it takes up too much of their time. They have a quota to meet of how many patients they need to see in a day. And they may also um, feel as if they want to, they may also feel like they don't have a number of people to be able to refer them to. So they just don't screen at all, which is horrific. But this is the system that we're living in. So um, my role is to be able to provide these trainings. Like I did one last week for the Department of Public Health of Douglas County and Cobb County. Um, I did one a couple of weeks ago for DPH in Houston County. I'm doing one for a doula agency that's in Savannah on Friday. Um, and then I also train other professionals that are certified in the field to be able to provide those trainings as well. So I say all of that to say um, we're starting this new initiative to really be able to reach women who are in rural areas because Atlanta, you know, we talk about it a lot as we've had a lot of challenges that have come about, you know, with our governor, um, how Atlanta has been wide open during the pandemic. Um, the mask situation and just all of that, despite all of those issues we may have politically and, and all of that, I would say we have a lot of resources and we live in an environment where we mostly are progressive in Atlanta, I will say, but it's outside of Atlanta that definitely has a lot of struggles um, with women in rural areas having access to adequate medical care, mental health care, um, the education around what is PMATS. There's a lot of providers, even OBGYNs, that have, what is what is perinatal mood and anxiety disorders? Why should I screen? Um, or women who may not even know what it is they're experiencing, don't give themselves the time, don't have access to groups, have barriers such as their insurance, transportation, all of that. The more rural you get, the more of an issue it is, the more women that are suffering. And with perinatal mood and anxiety disorders, it's not only the mother that suffers, but the entire family. They're with their partner. Their partner is likely, which according to statistics, 50% likely to experience um, symptoms of anxiety or depression if the mother is experiencing that. And then it also affects the child. If a mother is dealing with perinatal mood and anxiety disorder, she's not likely to take them to all of their pediatric appointments where they have to get their checkups, check on their development, or just meet their needs or bond. And then when they go to school, they may not get adequate care at home. And then it's how they show up and how they exist in school. And it's just an ongoing public health issue, you know, that kind of spirals out. And so our initiative is to definitely get connected. And I've been recently learning a lot about Savannah. Um, Savannah's one of my most favorite places. I love Tybee Island. The food in Savannah is so good. I just like it, like the vibes. I remember when I was in high school, I wanted to go to SCAD. And uh, my parents tell me it's too expensive. Find somewhere else. <laughs> but even just being on the campus of SCAD, it looks like Universal Studios. I wanted to be an art major. And it was just beautiful. The beach, the water. It was just a really cool town. But the town has no middle ground. Either you're rich or you're poor. And the segregation is outstanding. And um, there's a lot of not adequate education. Um, so a lot of systematic racism that exists there. And so a lot of 
black mothers don't get adequate care or families. And so we're trying to figure that out. Um, there's a lot of providers that are there that are apprehensive of even having our trainings, don't have time for it. No, regardless of how we're doing it via Zoom now, where it's easy, like just log in at 12 o'clock. It's just an hour. Um, they're just apprehensive about that. So that's the challenge. Um, but we're working on it in other counties throughout the state that may deal with that same barrier. But on the flip side, in good news, I wanted to talk about some things that are happening that are great in the black maternal health realm of it all. Um, President Joe Biden issued a proclamation on Black Maternal Health Week, um, calling for all Americans to recognize the importance of addressing the crisis of black maternal mortality and morbidity in the United States. That was huge. Um, we had talked about a few weeks ago during Black Maternal Week how Vice President Kamala Harris um, hosted a roundtable at the White House where she focused on black maternal health and the racial inequities in the maternal health outcomes. Um, if you haven't seen that, it's on YouTube. It's on several other places. I'll put a link of it in the show notes for you to be able to watch it. It was very, very good. And it's so, it's like the first time I've ever like watched something that I'm actually involved in be talked about, you know, um, and discussed and, and for people to figure out how can we resolve this. And then Congresswoman Lauren Underwood continued her work to improve maternal health outcomes by advocating for the Protecting Moms Who Served Act during a House Veterans Affairs Committee health subcommittee hearing. Underwood highlighted how our nation's maternal health crisis impacts veterans and underscored the need to ensure that veterans have access to world-class maternity care, including comprehensive mental health support for pregnant veterans. Um, this was the first bill in the Black Maternal Health Monibus Act to be considered in a committee hearing. And I'm reading this from the Mind Your Gap. It's a uh, uh, monthly newsletter that I'm a part of and it kind of gives like all of the news updates that are huge. Another big point um, to kind of celebrate is the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services Secretary Xavier, I'm going to butcher Xavier's last name, Becerra, <laughs> I hope I said that right. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> forgive me. Announced that um, the availability of 12 million over four years for the Rural Maternity and Obstetrics Management Strategies Program. Awardees will test models to address unmet needs for their target population, focusing on populations that have historically suffered from poor health outcomes and health disparities. So this was huge. Um, so really, really excited about all of that um, that's been done. Plus, um, President Biden has proposed new investments in maternal and mental health. That's a huge thing. More than $200 million to reduce maternal mortality and eliminate racial inequities in maternal health outcomes by um, expanding the rural maternity and obstetrics. Management strategies program helping cities place early childhood development experts in pediatric practices with a high percentage of Medicaid and Children's Health Insurance Program patients, implementing implicit biases trainings for healthcare providers, and creating state pregnancy medical home programs. Huge! And the discretionary request also includes $1.6 billion, more than double than the 
2021 enacted level for the Community Mental Health Services Block Grant, which supports particular needs of those impacted by the criminal justice system, provides funding for partnerships between mental health providers and law enforcement, and it spans suicide prevention activities. Um, so the president's like addressing this and creating funding for this. Um, it just says so much. And then also, um, I don't typically talk about um, politics on my show. Um, I do like to bring up the fact that, you know, voting is important. And um, I am a Democrat. I did vote for Biden. I am anti-President Trump. Um, and I'm pretty vocal about that with anyone um, but I'm not a fan of our governor. However, what our governor did do um, is approve Georgia's postpartum Medicaid extension for new mothers. And that was something that's huge um, for something that to have been done. The expeditures for individuals to remain enrolled in the Georgia postpartum extension who are initially determined eligible under the demonstration or state plan group but who no longer meet the income standards during any portion of the extended postpartum eligibility period. So basically it's talking about how um, women who may only get Medicaid during their pregnancy, um, if they're not able to work, uh, if whatever financial difficulties, sometimes before Medicaid, it was only given for a very short period of time um, where the extension now covers them for six months. And that was was really, really huge, um, something that hadn't happened before. But it was kind of like a rollout because other states had started to implement that. And it was fortunate enough that um, Georgia hopped on board. Um, Illinois had extended the Medicaid um, coverage as well before us. So that was great to be able to see that Georgia had gotten on to that and then there was also a new study that came out i'm just gonna provide this information because i know that this is something that is very divisive for many um and it's kind of talking about the vaccine um you know things are just so divided in so many areas these days but um i respect people's decisions about what they choose to do with their own bodies because it's your body and it's what you decide that you want to do with it. However, I do feel like providing some information about studies that have been done, like actual studies, because some things some people may read can be a conspiracy theory or something they saw on Instagram or TikTok or somebody said that somebody said this, somebody said they saw this on the news. Whereas when you look at an actual medical journal, um, it's printed, it's published, it's verified, and it is here for us to hold in our hands and there's evidence that supports it. <laughs> Something that's very different. Um, but more pregnant women died and stillbirths increased during the pandemic. Um, and this article I'm going to put in the show notes as well. Um, but this is coming from the Lancet Global Health. And basically the summary of it all is stating that um, they found an increase of women who were pregnant during the pandemic and got COVID 
um, either died during their pregnancy or at postpartum or they had a stillborn. And that number significantly increased in comparison to the ongoing number of mothers who died during pregnancy or experienced stillborns during a non-COVID time. And so the research was basically saying um, that women who were able to get vaccinated, um, they did not have as many or no complications during their pregnancy in comparison to women who did get COVID while pregnant or giving birth. Um, So with that information, do with it as you please. Um, But I just thought it was interesting to read that data to see those statistics um, and those findings. Um, So I'll put that in there. I feel like a news reporter on CNN, just kind of giving all of the updates. (laughs) Um, So I wanted to give all of that information. I wonder if there was something else that I wanted to tell you guys. Um, I can't think of anything else. I think that was pretty much it. Oh, I did want to share this. So I am listening to some new music. Well, a couple of things I wanted to share Um, outside of work stuff. Me just being like a human being. Um, So I wanted to tell you about a new artist that I am listening to. And I don't know what's going on with me, but I am struggling with people's names these days. And I'm also going to butcher her name. She's been out for a minute now. Her name is... Dua Lipa. I'm sure I did not say that right. And I say that because visually by looking at her, um, initially I thought that she was of Spanish descent. But then upon doing some research, she is actually um, from Albania. And I think maybe like a parent is from Kosovo. And her family has Muslim heritage. But she grew up in, um, and I think like her mother maybe is from Bosnia. However, she grew up in the UK and she kind of gives me listening to her music when I was, well, going back when I was in high school, like growing up, I was always like into running and exercising and staying healthy. And I was into house music um, oddly enough, like pretty much like I listen to everything. I'm not really like a fan of country or anything like that country music, but outside of that, I listen to pretty much anything. And in high school, I used to listen to like Ace of Bass, Sonique. Um, who else was like house music that I used to listen to? I don't know, just like random stuff that I would just like be getting it. So, um, she puts me in the realm of that type of music And she also has like a song that kind of gives me like Donna Summers vibes. And I remember when Lady Gaga first came out in, what was that, like 2008-ish, 2010-ish maybe, um, I immediately like caught on to Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga is also a fellow Aries and she's artsy and I love all of the art. Um, And she had Just Dance and I love the song. And um, although I don't think Dua is similar in her sound of being like Lady Gaga, Dua has like a very mature sounding voice. When you look at her, she looks very young, kind of model-esque. She's fairly tall, um, but she has like a more deeper 
type of voice than Lady Gaga does and uh, sounds older. But all of her songs, like, I just kind of, like, took to them. And I have just been listening to them on repeat, and I love it. And, like, her style of dress is very artsy. Something that you feel like you could feel like you're at Studio 54 or some some underground club in New York. And from there, um, she came out with Levitate, Physical, um, Don't Start Now. I love that song, Don't Start Now. It's so good. And, um... And don't start now. I also love it because of how it sounds, but also in the lyrics. She's basically talking about like an ex-boyfriend and how he broke her heart. And you know how like you hear of boyfriends, um, perhaps you've had this experience or not, but they don't want to be with you. They don't want to commit to you, but they definitely see the value in you. So they don't necessarily want you to date anybody else. And those men kind of like string you along. Like they don't want to be an upright person for you, but they don't want you to fall in love and meet the right person that you deserve either. Just selfish, basically. So she's talking about that in the song. And she was saying like, um, if you don't want to see me, with somebody when I'm out and about and I'm doing my thing um if it's too much for you then don't go out because I'm gonna be out I'm gonna be out dating I'm gonna be living my best life I'm gonna be meeting people so just stay in the house because I'm out and I just I love it it sounds so good and I think you really really will like it if you don't want to see me dancing with somebody Don't show up, don't come out, don't start caring about me now. Walk away, you know how. Don't start caring about me now. Aren't you the guy who tried to? Um, the other thing that I recently watched was um, well, two things. I know I should probably watch them for. A couple of reasons. I've always been a fan of horror and I really love artistic horror that has multiple meanings. And um, me and my good friend Unika, that was like our thing. We would always go on dates whenever a new horror movie came out. Hansel and Gretel. Um, we saw A Quiet Place together. Pretty much any horror movie that came out, we saw it together. Um, like for years, since I've known her, that was like our thing. We would go to like a cocktail hour before, or go to like get tacos and a margarita. And then we would go to Atlantic Station to the AMC and we would watch whatever horror movie. And we were very specific because I'm not into horror like Saw or those gory ones. I like the more... Um, thought-provoking ones because <laughs> Get Out is a horror. We saw Us together. Um, all of those kind of more artistic versions of it. So with my track record, one would think I would watch them, but I have not. And um, I was talking to my mom today because I actually went to visit her uh, and spent some, some time with her today. And she's retired and she's like bored. And so sometimes I'll go down there and work and she'll watch the kids. But 
she watched it and my mother does not watch horror and she's determined to finish it and she says she watches it during the day when my dad is out um working on the property or doing whatever and she was saying how she has enjoyed it and another friend of mine has said that they enjoyed it my brother also said that he enjoyed it but i had read some articles that were against it and again everybody's entitled to their opinion but i just don't feel like i'm in a place for horror things are just just so much going on i can't can't take it you know last year i can't say that lovecraft country is considered as horror it was more so like science fiction to me but last year i was reading the vanishing half by brit bennett i was watching lovecraft country um protest was going on it was just too much you know and I felt like yeah I'm good I'm not gonna watch them I I just can't and I I, honestly I can't say that I will I can't honestly say that I ever will I just don't feel like I have the space to take it in I just don't but if you've watched it please share let me know Um, but what I did watch um, was the escape The Escape came out, I think, in 2017. It's a British film. And I surprisingly really enjoyed it. Um, The reason why I bring it up is because it's about a mother who lives in, like, the suburbs of London. And she's raising two kids. She's a housewife. Her husband works, like, a corporate job. And he is completely out of touch with her feelings and emotions. Um, Just visit visibly of how she is not present in her life. Um, She's depressed because she feels as if she has no purpose and she just raises the kids, drops them off, cleans the house, goes grocery shopping, runs errands, cooks dinner, gets the kids, does homework, you know, does all of the redundant things, tend to her husband intimately and she's just a shell of herself and she describes it being like prison. She has nothing to look forward to. And so she describes to him how she stumbled upon there being an art class and she was really excited about it and wanted to do it. And her husband really was dismissive and was more concerned about the pricing of it. And she felt defeated again. And she also would look at her husband on weekends if they would entertain friends or have like a cookout, how he would be so engaged with the kids and the kids preferred him because he was fun and she would even get jealous of it. And the reason why is because, and we've talked about this with Ara when she was on the show, how sometimes mom is that constant parent and how you can have the burden of having the kids day in and day out without a break. And so when dad or partner swoops in, um, they're kind of like that fun person. Like, oh, this person isn't here every day, all day. This person is only here like twice a week. So this is fun. This is new. And they can be the person that you look forward to and want to see. And mom may not feel like the fun person because she has to be the disciplinarian one and the structured one. And she has her own stuff and she has no outlet. So she's not always in this jolly, you know, impromptu activity type of mood. So not to give the movie away, but the movie's called The Escape. (laughs) And um, basically what happens with her and her family and her journey and how she 
figures out a better life for herself. Um, so I highly, highly recommend it. The ending was interesting, um, but I would love to know your thoughts if you've already watched it or if you are going to watch it because it was unlike anything I have watched before and I thought it was really good and I thought it was really, really honest and I am for sure several mothers can relate to what it is that she's experiencing. Um, but yeah, so I think I've caught you up on everything. Um, I wanted to wrap up the show with giving a snippet of the Instagram live that I did earlier in the week with a good friend of mine and colleague, Tamika Cheek. She's also a licensed professional counselor. And our IG live was on the topic of self-esteem and self-image and how a woman can be able to find the tools and strategies to help build upon it. Um, Because, you know, as we get older, our bodies change. Uh, Social media can have many women compare themselves to other women and just end up feeling bad about how you look, what you think about yourself, the negative self-talk you may say about yourself, um, just how you feel about yourself in general. And so she does a really good job about how you can reframe things, how you can look at yourself, how you accept who you are, embrace it, um, still see things that perhaps you want to work on, but also not carry the burden of hating who you are. Um, so I was gonna record the whole thing, but you know, sometimes when you get to talking with friends, you forget all about, oh, what, what are we here for? And I forgot to start record. <laughs> so I actually don't pick up until a little ways into our conversation. Um, but I think you'll get the gist of it based off of where we're at. And um, that's the show for this week. So give it a listen. And I will see you guys next week on Wednesday. I promise it's a great interview that I have lined up for you. And yeah, I'll talk to you soon. Keep pushing. But I like to embrace natural as in having a C-section is a natural way of having to deliver as well. So that's that's why I said that. Um, but, you know, being able to repeat those things to yourself. So again, it doesn't take away from the fact that maybe you don't like that scar, but being able to look at it, being able to feel it, being able to talk about it and being part as being part of your birth story helps you to like accept it more mm. over time. You know, rather than I'm never going to just look at this. If you just never, ever look at it, never talk about it, never embrace the part of you that it now mm-hmm. is, then it's just on, always going to be on that. Ugh, I'm never talking about that. It's going to always be those same um, negative feelings always associated with it. So I think that when it's parts of our bodies, especially physically, that we don't love, you do have to get to a point, which is hard yeah. initially, of you got to look it in the face. You got to touch it. You got to, you know. <laughs> do what you got to do with it to, like you have to face it you have right. to face it and challenge yourself to do it often again it doesn't mean you have to say oh I just love you because okay <laughs> you don't have to just like fake it but you can look at it and um you know work towards that like I said I think the affirmations are good so maybe telling yourself right backing up recognizing the thoughts that you do have in regards to that physical attribute that you do not like you know mm. and what that means recognize if it's a negative thought what is associated with that and just be able to really recognize those things and rationalize them um if it's something that you maybe can do something about such as if you if it's a year down the line and you maybe have 20 30 pounds that you still would like to lose either to get back to your pre-baby weight or to just get to a weight that you feel like is healthy for you now you can look at yourself and it's okay to say all right i've gained this weight 
it's been tough. It's been difficult for me to kind of lose it, but I don't like it. I don't feel my happiest or healthiest. This is when I say, well, you can try to work towards doing things that are within your control. Maybe look at different eating habits. Maybe look at trying to exercise more, but also letting go of having to get back to that person that you were or that body exactly how it was before it had the baby because like you said he should even if it does look the same it is not the same anymore right it's half baby it's birthed a baby <laughs> so summarizing what i was just saying is that we have to kind of stare it in the face we have to right. you know and you have to get to that point and if you are having difficulty getting to that to at least accept the fact of it's too hard for me to get to that point yeah. You know, and saying that out loud, like, hey, I know I have to kind of look at my body in the face, or I know I have to look at that C-section scar, but I'm accepting and recognizing that that's too difficult for me right now. Yeah, yeah. And I could imagine, which I'm not going to act like, sometimes people think, oh, because you're a therapist, you are superhuman, and you have high self-esteem, and you know how to conflict resolve, you know, every situation. And sometimes it's not always like that you know i know no, you're a woman first right yes and i know that when you do like have that negative self-talk or you feel negative about a body part it feels like a burden like this weight on you you know versus like trying to embrace it and adjust to it because you have to like hold this this negative feeling towards this thing that's a part of who you are and some mm-hmm. of it is, which are, like you said, it's hard, you know, to try to embrace it, but it feels so freeing to be able to embrace it. It does. It does. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. I definitely agree. Uh, and then when you really, when you get to that point, you just like, oh, I feel like that go a long ago, baby, right? <laughs> or look, look at how much lighter you feel not having to kind of put that burden on yourself anymore. You right. know, one yeah. less thing to have to worry about. Yeah. Um, so the next thing that I wanted to get into is social media and kind of like piggybacking off of what you were saying with comparison and we're going to go into this whole thing with social media, but, um, of course, like social media kind of started like the snapback and this pressure. I want to look like, um, Tiana Taylor after I have a baby and feeling that desire to, look like a lot of Instagram um, influencers and just that comparison and then feeling bad about yourself because you don't look mm-hmm. like this person who just had this baby. And sometimes I'll tell like clients, when you scroll and you start to not feel inspired or you start to feel bad, then mute the person that you're yeah. following until you're in a better place or just totally get off of social media. But what suggestions do you have? I think that that's, that's, I, I, that's one of my suggestions too. <laughs> if something is making you feel bad, do not torture yourself. Don't look at it. <laughs> Don't look at it. Um, I think that is something that's that's big. However, if you recognize that the same types of things are triggering you or bringing up, you know, those feelings within you, it wouldn't hurt to also do the work to kind of recognize, okay, what is that about? Mm-hmm. You know, um, because it may always bother you, you know, yeah. it, it, it might. Um, so yeah, definitely. Like I, I think that's a big deal to just, um, not follow pages that you said, like you said, don't spark, um, inspiration, inspiration. When you said I was about to say, 
what's the Marie Con- I was about to say Spark Joy or something. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, Marie Kondo. Anyway, but yeah, that you're not, like, that you just can't feel good about, you know? If you don't just feel, even if you're not inspired, but if it just makes you feel any negative feelings coming up or makes you feel badly about yourself, because comparison is not always bad. You mm-hmm. can compare, and then that could help you to become motivated, you right. know, in a sense of, like, right. so it's not always bad, but if you feel, if you, because I, I could see Tiana Taylor and be like, so you know what? I'm going to go to the gym. You know, it doesn't mean that I am now feeling valid by myself, but I may recognize, you know what? You fall off a bit. Tiana can do it. You can do it type of thing. You know, that is not, that's not bad. But if you do recognize that you're then in like a snowball uh, effect of I'm not, I'm, I'm don't look good. I still got this weight on me or I, whatever, anything. Um, then, then we shouldn't do it. And then also to remember most people post, the highlights yes. of life on Instagram. Very good point. Right. That is the biggest thing. And it's not a matter of trying to be trying to like dim anyone else's light and say, oh, they just everybody just posting the you know the the good stuff. I bet this is going on. No, not that, but just mm-hmm. to really recognize that most people only post mm-hmm. the good things. This is just a snapshot of of their life, you know? And so let them have their moment. But right. if it doesn't make you feel great, Stop, but the reason why we, I mean, you know, stop looking, but not, not comparing because, um, it doesn't, it doesn't make you feel good. It's a snapshot of their life and and it could be, who knows what else going on in other parts of your life that they're not sharing. So a lot of right. times you learn to fantasize about living a life that someone else lives and you don't even know what that is about anyway. Right. Such a good point. You know? Yeah. And so also because of that, when you do find that, all right, I need to kind of unplug a bit maybe not scroll or like you said, mute some pages or maybe get off of social media for a while, really take time and be intentional to engage in behaviors Mm -hmm. um, that make you feel good. Right. Right. Such a good point. You know, like, you know, you really got to, you got to do that. Yeah. Um, So on top of influencers, you and I talked about this a little bit earlier. We're having talking about this and I don't want to give the person too much energy (laughs) um and i'm talking about kevin samuels and as of recent he was on the joe budden podcast and um i'm not focusing so much on him but i am going to read you something that he said because i want to know what your response is based off of what he said but i bring him up because on top of like influencers to talk about what is a suggestion for someone who is seeking that validation from some outside person or why they are making someone the authority figure on how they feel about themselves, because this is very often. And like I said, society likes to create our self-esteem for us or determine what our whole view of ourselves or how we should be, how we should exist as women. And it can become so unhealthy and it's not good for anyone's self-esteem. So something that he said, and I'm pulling it up, so that I can read it to you. And Kevin Samuels considers himself as a uh, relationship expert. And something that came out of it was that his background is in marketing. But he kind of made, I'm moving my camera a little bit. He kind of made some ways because um, the uh, rapper, Sweetie, he rated her a six. And Joe Budden was saying, um, how are you going to rate, you know, her a six? Like, it's sweetie. And he was saying that, um, I think she's cute and she has a potential to be pretty. But, you know, I don't necessarily... 
the potential to be pretty, but I don't consider her uh, more than that. And so um, Joe Budden had asked him, but what if people already consider her to be beautiful and gorgeous? And then he had said something to the effect of, um, hold on, let me pull it up. He said, uh, where did it go? He said something to the effect of, I think a lot of women like to wear so much makeup and lashes and contouring and fake hair. And, um, and she does that. And I rarely see pictures of her where she's just fresh face. And I rate women based off of how they look as fresh face. And obviously women are struggling with how they feel about themselves. And um, they feel pressured to look a certain way. Why is every Instagram model is in a rush to snap back after birth? Why every body shape is beginning to look the same with butts and breasts? And that's how I rate a woman. I like a woman who is more authentic and that would be a 10. So... What are your thoughts, Tamika? <laughs> and I think Sweetie is gorgeous. I think she is a beautiful girl. I think she is talented. And I, I was just like, a sick. And, but I digress. Carry I, was on. About, I was about to be stuck on him saying, um, what did you say? He said, I like women who? Yes. Who, I was about to say. Uh, just for that, I was going to say, no, no. but anyway, um, so. Oh, well, let me, let me say this. Let me add this a little bit. So he says, um, Samuel spoke about our current culture where every woman believes she's a 10, but it really, in reality, she isn't. And while someone else argued that if women really love themselves, they wouldn't wear a shit ton of makeup every day or spend so long getting ready before going out. That's what he said. That's what he said. Yeah, and that's just not true. And I think that goes back to once again how we were talking about how you can raise your self-esteem. And once once again, if you have already done your work within you, I don't care if you're a one, according to him, no one can tell you you're not a 10 if you already believe that you are. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's why it's so important that you have to do your own work and you have to know who you are and stand within that, period. Because, yes. And <laughs> the thing is... um. There's a lot of now within the last, I don't know, how long would you say? Three, four, I don't know, a couple of years where many like therapists are being, building their platforms on social media. Mm -hmm. If we're going to, if we're going to listen to anybody, listen to the therapist. Just listen to the therapist. Listen to, or motivational speakers, you know, listen to the ones that are um, positive. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, it is okay to provide like, constructive criticism I believe you know it's okay to hold people accountable you know mm -hmm. and to talk about certain things that um might be hard but he's just downright rude often right. he just he's just rude and so everyone can be entitled to their own opinion but that's why you just like I said have to know yourself and do the work within yourself because everybody is not out here meaning well by you and like right. with him when we found out that he's a has a marketing background, mm -hmm. I just really hope. I doubt it, but I hope that he just does a lot of th that. He doesn't even believe some of the stuff that he's that he yeah. says. But that because he's got that marketing background, he knows how to make his coins, and mm -hmm. he's just doing all of this because he can get he can raise some eyebrows and stuff. But unfortunately, just by um going over to his page uh, and and looking at some of the com comments, there are a lot of women that 
think that his word is just gold mm-hmm. and they are um it's sad it's very sad it's very it's sad. sad it's sad um yeah so i i i don't agree i don't agree with him i think that he can definitely have an opinion but i who who is he to tell somebody yeah. <laughs> that they are tenor you know that especially when he's only like based off of their physical attributes right right in what what I've heard, like when people, I was telling you that I listened to um, exactly lies and fairy tales. <laughs> I listened to um, President Kennedy's live today, and there were some gentlemen who were on there who were saying that they don't believe that some women are capable of getting constructive feedback, and how sometimes it can be beneficial for someone to hear from an outside source. Um, about themselves so that they can work on being a better version of themselves. But to your point, like you said, <laughs> being able to go to a therapist or a life coach or like someone who has some sort of credentials to help you be the better version of yourself that you say that you want to be versus going someone who's just going to break you down and like ruin, you know, how you feel about yourself and make you feel inadequate. And there's tons of things about you that are great that this outside person is just looking at the surface. We Mm -hmm. all know either if someone's giving you some criticism or some feedback, if you do it to your children, if you do it to your spouse, people don't generally change because you don't beat them down. Yeah. That's not how people generally, that's not really a motivation for change, you know? And, also, he kind of calls himself from, or what I thought it was, isn't it like a quick live or something? And do, do, do some of the women not just kind of tell their background and he just goes yeah, in from there? Yeah. You don't even really know him at yeah. that point to be able to even say that you can provide the best constructive criticism anyway. Right. I mean, not to me. Um, not the way that I've kind of heard that he's been, he's been doing it. And women can't receive constructive criticism. <laughs> I'm gonna need women, people who are not women, to stop telling us what we can do, first of all, <laughs> or can't do. You know what I mean? I'm gonna need for you to live our lives and then you can tell us. You know? I agree. Then they need to tell us. Yeah. And I, I mean, I just, I, I have this love hate relationship with social media. I think it's great because we're able to do this, or we're able to like collaborate with people that we wouldn't otherwise and meet people or stay in touch with people that we are friends with and we've known for years but the negative side of it is the comparison or following people who have these platforms who deem themselves as experts and really they're very toxic wait 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 can we stop right there what credential does he have that has when you when do you get to be expert when you call yourself that, when you go to your edit, your profile, and that's what you click. I wouldn't say I'm an expert just yet. <laughs> and I'm not even downplaying myself, but there's still a lot to learn. By the time I get to the end of this, then I could be like, you know, expert. Who, how do you get to say you're an expert? <laughs> Is he in a relationship or if he wants to be? I don't know. I think he's been in two marriages. You've been into and you're currently not, but you're an expert. <laughs> Why yours at work? Right. Well, I mean, remember Steve Harvey had that book, Act Like a Lady, Think Like a Man, and he's been married three times. And that yeah. was a book teaching women how to date. <laughs> Again. Teaching women how to date. Right. Yeah. Yes. 
But he, he's worse than Steve Harvey, though. <laughs> he is worse than Steve Harvey. <laughs> <laughs> he is worse. He's worse. I, and I read, did I read? I think I read his book. Not that I was getting tips. I just wanted to. <laughs> and his wasn't bad, though. You know, yes, it was like, yes, I told yes. you this, Steve. But it wasn't bad. It wasn't like degrading any woman, putting anyone down. It was his idea of tips. Okay, yeah. fine. You can have your tips. Um, the other guy, he's, he's different. Right. Yes, I agree. Um, he's different. But so my last question is when kind of like what you were saying and you and I talk about this all the time, like being able to find the receipts of these people that you follow um, versus thinking that they are the authority figure. Or if you feel awful when you're following them um, to not follow them, you know, to not like seek them out as to tell you how you should feel about yourself or to get that validation. But for people who often do that, you know, like how you hear sometimes like, do I look good? Does my hair look okay? Do you like my hair? Like, is my makeup okay? What do you think um, is the first step for that type of person who is constantly looking for someone else to tell them what they should already know for themselves? Um. Sorry, one second. I was looking at Unika. Um, yeah. I do value men's opinion when it comes to certain things, but I think as a man, you have to. Yeah, Unique. Before I answer that, Keisha, mm-hmm. yeah. So, Unika, you were saying that you value men's opinion when it comes to certain things, but I think as a man, you have to, yeah, be careful how you say it. Yeah, I, I can, yeah. I, your opinion is fine. <laughs> but, um, and it could be helpful sometimes. I think that, um, Especially when it comes to, like, interactions maybe between a man and women. You know, like, if you want to kind of get on, on advice on that, you know, type of thing. Like, you know, well, I did this on a date or I was doing that. What is your perspective on that? Or what, you know, maybe things like that, it could make sense. But not just specifically on, well, how should a woman carry herself or be a woman? And, and I mean, I guess it could still be of some value, but maybe maybe mm-hmm. just the rest of what you said. I agree. It just needs to be, it just, watch, watch how you're talking. Right. <laughs> to, right. to, to us. Watch how you talking, and it needs to come from a place of like you know love or just being kind, not a place of how you gonna tell. A lot of times, many of the times, it seems like when when it's um when the message is kind of negative, it's, it doesn't ever seem like it's from a person that is in like a loving relationship or anything. it's like you've been hurt or something. Something's been going on mm. with you. You know, you don't because guys that um have a positive regard for women or like respect women in a certain way or in a loving relationship generally aren't the ones that do that. That's yeah. my opinion. That's quite kind of what I, my experience. So, um, but yeah, Zanika, good point. Um, Keisha, you were saying, well, what could we say to help women who seem to need validation from outside sources? But I, I missed something. I'm sorry. You were saying not in the sense of how does my hair look, but No, yeah. People who are always looking for people to validate things about them. What's the first thing that they can do to kind of help get them in a better direction? Um, once again, you know, I was going to always go go back to like, you know, the authenticity. I think that it really is going to take some reflection on what's going on here and why. You know, so I I like to always process and explore with my clients, okay, um, why is someone else's thoughts about you more important mm. than your thoughts about mm-hmm. you because generally they may have an idea of, of 
I think this outfit looks good, but now my sister said it looks bad, so now I think it looks bad. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so when we're doing that, also, because this will also go in regards to um, the different uh, influences that, you know, we look we look at on Instagram or on your social media and just wondering or recognizing that you're placing so much of a value on their opinion and why, you know, do right. they, do they have the receipts? Why is it that their opinion matters so much? Why do you place them in such a high regard? Right. You know, that what they say is going, is, is what's, um, what's final, you know, right. about you. So I think that really exploring those things is going to be something that really has to be done first Mm -hmm. because without really knowing the why you can't really fix it it just kind of be a band-aid you know so you kind of got to figure that out um and that's that's hard I think that that's a good point though because like that kind of goes back to when we were saying isn't that such a burden you know like for you to be so fixated on I wonder if everybody thinks I look okay does my hair look okay should I wear this should I not wear this and and the thing is because okay was what's that saying about how you can be the juiciest, ripest peach in the world, but somebody still won't like peaches? Mm-hmm. Somebody's gonna tell you you look good, and somebody's gonna tell you that you don't. Mm-hmm. You know, at some point, right? You know, I'll talk about Beyonce. You know, I love Beyonce, but there are certain people who cannot stand her, who don't <laughs> think that she's, you know, nice looking, who don't think. I've heard people say Beyonce can't sing. Mm-hmm. Okay, the you devil know, so, is alive. <laughs> there's, always be, there's always gonna be someone that may not like something about. You know, mm-hmm. but that's why I was saying if you do the work to really accept yourself, to to um really figure out what it is, um, uh, what's going on in regards to why you're not able to trust your own judgment about you, if you're unable, you you know, you have to kind of do that work first because once again, once you're already com- confident and comfortable in yourself, nobody can really tell you too much different and you're gonna really believe it. Right. Right. So true. Good. Well, before we wrap up, does anybody have any other questions, comments? I saw something that Karen wrote earlier. She put, I was told Uh the same thing for my C-section. Embrace your scars and remember you created life. And I couldn't accept that I had to have two. It was hard. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you, girl. Okay. All right, ma'am. Well, thank you so much for joining me. I'm going to post this on the page, and I'm going to put all of Tamika's info um, so you all can follow her and keep up with all the great things that she's doing. And Tamika also has this really great workbook that I would love for her to make for adult women. But... Another talk for another time. Another talk for another time. <laughs> but anyway, bye, girl. Bye. Thank you. Bye. 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 Bye.
the greatest, ain't no debating on it. I'm still levitated, I'm heavily medicated. Ironic, I gave them love and they end up hating on me. She told me she loved me and she been waiting.